pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome everyone to the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm your host, John Bishop, and alongside Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, we have another packed show for you this week. Men's basketball is back in the news. Some exciting news regarding season tickets. We're going to talk to one of the guys who, well, will certainly be a focal point this year for the Jays for certain. Trey Alexander will be our guest this week. The volleyball team with another successful week. We will talk with right side hitter Ellie Bickelmeyer. And a little bit later on, Josh Peterson is going to catch up with soccer player Dominic Briggs. It's all this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Earlier this week, Creighton men's basketball announced that all season tickets, over 15,000 of them, have been sold out. So for regular season ticket holders and for student tickets, there will be a handful of tickets available for each game day. But as far as the season tickets are concerned, a single season program record, 15,768 seats have already been accounted for. Of course, the Jays have been regularly over the last decade plus one of the top 10 teams in college basketball in terms of average home attendance. Last year, the Jays averaged over 17,100 fans per game which was sixth in the country. High expectations this year. One of the highest expectations will be for our next guest, Creighton point guard Trey Alexander. Let's turn it over to Connor Happer. Trey Alexander is getting ready for a big third year at Creighton now, returns uh, to the Blue Jays this season. Trey, uh, welcome, man. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Uh, take me through the your last couple of months. <laughs> I mean, you've been everywhere. It's it's been busy. You're getting yourself ready for the draft. You got a decision to make, and then you return. Like, well, what's what's that process been like over the last couple of months, where you've been all across the country and the world playing basketball? Uh, it's been great. It's been everything I've wanted to do and more. So I've been very excited about that. I'm happy that I'm able to to be back in Creighton and be where I am. So it was just great to really learn a lot about what I need to improve on and how I can affect the next level and be able to affect this level as well. Okay. So on that, like, what'd you learn? What what did you take out of the draft process? What kind of feedback did you get? And and how have you been able to sort of implement that stuff into your game already? Uh, I mean, I just learned that a lot of people want to see me be able to play on the ball more and be able to play the one a lot more and uh, be able to guard multiple positions. And uh, that's just one of the things I've been working on this offseason is obviously strengthening myself, but also, you know, making reads out of the pick and roll a lot better and being able to play that one position. So coming back now, I mean, you, you, you step into a very familiar situation. You're familiar with people around you, obviously at Creighton. And now for, for the third year, obviously it felt – Good coming back the second year where you know everybody, you're familiar. Now coming back for the third year. I mean, I, I imagine that comfort just keeps building and building and building where it's not even really a concern anymore. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I know I know the system now, the ins and outs of it. I know everybody on the coaching staff. Uh, have a great relationship with everybody on the team. So, I mean, it's just it's just a matter of us getting it done and being able to, you know, incorporate the new guys and being able to, you know, take strides this off season. So, how's it feel to be an old guy? <laughs> it's weird <laughs> because you go you go straight from an underclassman to an upperclassman, so it's very weird. So it's crazy. It's 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 a it's a adjustment for sure. Luckily, you got uh, Big Calk. He's you know he's he's been around a little bit longer, so you're not the you're not the oldest guy. And you got Baylor out there as well. He's been out for for a long time, but you guys all three together um, seen a lot of basketball. What's the what's the leadership? I mean, speaking of, I mean, you three, but there's a lot of pieces of this team that you've been around for a while, like. What's what's the leadership and the chemistry sort of like right now? What's the feeling in the locker room? Uh, it's great. I mean, uh, no problems out of anybody on the team. We've all, all gelled very well. Uh, locker room mor- morale is high as it could be. Uh, everybody's just getting incorporated, learning the offense, learning how we play. And uh, I mean, everybody's already found their niche and their role on the team. So that's so that's good to find this early in the off season. So we're just excited to get going and be able to, you know, show what we can do. So you mentioned bringing in the new guy. Okay, so you're going to have a, a new guard playing right next to you in Stephen Ashworth. What what have you seen out of him so far, um, and, and how does he sort of complement what you want to try and accomplish this this winter? Uh, Stephen Stephen Ashworth is a high level shooter. Uh, he he's a winner. Uh, he knows how to play the game. He has a high IQ. So I mean, he he helps me in a lot of ways. He compliments me. He's able to shoot the ball very well. He gives me a lot of, a lot of space on the court. Uh, he's able to knock down shots if I do make a read to him on the pick and roll. And so, you know, he I'll be able to play a one the one a lot more with Stephen Ashworth complimenting me and uh, the just the dynamic of our team this year. We we have a lot of guys that can shoot. So Stephen definitely adds to that, and he, he's going to be a great piece. Do you do you feel more? I mean, I know what what scouts have sort of wanted you to do. Do do you feel more comfortable when when you're on the ball? Obviously, it's going to be something that both of you guys do a lot this year. Like, where where does your comfort level sort of sit with that? Uh, it's, I'm very comfortable. Uh, I, I like playing the one. I it's just one of those things that I feel like uh, I have to find a good median in because I also like coming off of screens and being able to shoot and being able to you know create off of screens and things like that. Uh, off the ball, so. It's going to be a great. It's going to be a great adjustment for me, and I feel like it's going to be very fun, and I'm very comfortable at that position. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, Trey, another piece of your your busy summer. How was the How was the Bahamas trip? It was great. It was great. I mean, it was a great opportunity for the guys to gel off the court, uh, you know, and also being able to hoop and do something that we all love to do. So that's going to be great. I mean, that was great, actually, and I feel like we all were able to, you know, play and showcase what we could do. Everybody was kind of, you know, trying to find their way to fit in in terms of. Uh, being on the court, Mac was able to put a lot of different uh, looks out there, and being able to showcase a little bit of different, a uh, little bit of the different depth that we have on this team this year. So that's going to, so it was great. What'd you What'd you learn about some of the guys around you that you might not have already known? Like you, you've had a lot of opportunities to get familiar with people around you, but maybe some new guys. Like, did Did you pick up anything? Learn anything just from being around everybody all that time? Uh, just uh, how great everybody is on the team. I feel like everybody compliments each other on the team. We have a lot of guys that are really locker room friendly, and and no, uh, we don't have any any people that are bad on the team in terms of locker room guys. So, and for us, it's just us continue to keep that and us being able to you know continue to gel and being able to make sure that everybody's happy in the locker room and find ways to just you know keep everybody's morale up. Um. Okay. So I know you had to you had to leave the Bahamas early, one game early. 
Talk to me about your last game there where um, you, you, you needed, what is it, 29 or 30 that you had in your last game in the Bahamas. Um, talk to me about that game and and, and how that sort of unfolded. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, one of those games where you feel like you're, you're on. And, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, my teammates were able to give me the ball. They were trusting in me to make shots and things of that sort. So, I mean, it, it was one it was one of those situations where I knew it was my last game. And, obviously, I wanted to leave my mark on the Bahamas and be able to go out there and play, have a great showing. Uh, so, it, that, that's really just what it was, is me being in the zone. You know how play, players get when they – you know, high-level high players. I feel like we have a lot of guys on our team that can get in that zone this year, and I feel like there are going to be a couple of different games where different guys are able to have 20 or 30 points this year, kind of like it was last year. So so everyone saw the video where there's maybe a little little talk between the two sides. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun. It's good, especially during the summer. But it felt like there's there's been these games over the last couple of years where you get engaged in that, and then it's, it's Trey Alexander wakes up. Like, what has to happen – for Trey Alexander to to wake up in a in a basketball game. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to the trash talk is a big part of it. I, I mean, that's something that gets me going. I feel like it's something that, like, it kind of just gives me that extra ump to be more aggressive and be more looking for my shot. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things that I feel like if a team does do that, then it kind of puts me in go mode, and I feel like that's probably one of the worst things that a team can do when when playing against us and when playing when talking to us so I feel like it, it gets not just me going but also my teammates and I feel like that's one of the best things is when you you play a team like that that's that's actually very talented but also you know that when they give you that extra push you know that the game's over so when and, and now you come back for for a third year uh, so what are some of the things like are you going to maybe look around and and take it in a little bit more this year, knowing that it might be sort of the last go around. You thought maybe that that was the case going into, into last year or at the end of last year. Now that maybe there's a little bit more finality to it. Like what's, what's the approach to this year from a mental standpoint? Uh, It's definitely just trying to take it all in. You know, last year you have those dreams of making it to the NBA and I knew that that's what I wanted to do going into that last year. But I really, I really didn't feel like I, was able to soak everything in that happened that year and be able to, you know, look back and, and really just be happy about everything I we accomplished last year. And I feel like that was one of the biggest things that I kind of regretted was not being able to take everything in. And then, you know, some people leave and, you know, you you just you just didn't take it all in. And now you feel like you kind of missed out on the moment and you weren't just living in that moment. And I felt like that's kind of what that was for me last year because, you know, I we lose two, two of my best friends on the team and now we're playing at different places and, and it's just different, you know. It's a different scenery, and that's how that's how it is at this level. You have you have ways now with NIA and things like that. And you have hey, you're going to see a lot of new faces, and I feel like that's why now more than anything, college players should cherish that moment that they have this year and be able to just have fun with the game of basketball, but also being able to connect with each guy in your locker room. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things that I want to do this year. How much does the last few seconds of the end of last season sort of stick with you guys and motivate you going into this year? Yeah, I still I still haven't watched that game yet. Uh, I've watched every single game last year at least five, six, seven times. Uh, I I still can't bring myself to watch that game. I mean, it, it kind of it, it just hurts. I mean, it's crazy to think about, and I feel like uh that game right there kind of made me not cherish the moment. That was one of those games that like you look back and you try to forget about it, but at the same time, you look at those games before that, you're like, dang, like we were we were really good. We were a really good team. We had great individuals we had we started gelling at the right time so it was that that game right there is probably a game i'll never probably end up watching just because i feel like it was 
it it haunts me a little bit. So it's it's rough. It's rough with that one. But the rest of them, I feel like that that's just goes back to my point of me trying to cherish the moment. I feel like I didn't cherish that moment or that game. Well, you already took what you needed from it. You got the you got the motivation coming back. That's for sure. What, what when you think about goals, whether it's for uh, from a team perspective, personal perspective this year, like w- what's the first couple of things that come to your head? Uh, of course, national championship. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Of course, we want to win the Big East regular season. We want to be win the Big East tournament. Those are the things that that are kind of given. But I mean, outside of that, it's just me trying to help my help help people grow on my team. I feel like one of the biggest things for me this year is going to be able to help lead young guys and be able to help lead some of the guys on our team to be able to find that role and help them kind of find themselves within the college basketball world. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things is knowing that I've been there and I'm now a vet. And I feel like I wish I would have had, you know, that person that kind of was put, put me up under their wing. And I feel like that's what I want to be for a lot of these young guys is help them, you know, find their niche and be able to have more fun with the game of basketball and just being able to cherish it. Yeah. You guys had the trial by fire, man. <laughs> you had to go in right away. I, I mean, I feel like that, that has to help you. Obviously it helped you in that first season, I mean, there's there's going to be stuff that still from that your freshman year that that pays off now. I mean, don't you think just the trial by far piece of it? Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's one of the biggest things that has kind of helped me boost myself up a little bit was that first year when we kind of got thrown to the fire. And I that's kind of what I wanted. I knew that it would help me out in the long run. And I feel like it did. And I feel like now. Going to, when I was going into my sophomore year, I had already faced that adversity. I had already faced those trials and tribulations that most people don't really get until the end of their college career. So for me to, for me to get that very early, it, w- it was big. Well, Trey, I, I appreciate you sitting down, man. We're all looking forward to this year. Thanks for coming on the podcast for a little bit, and uh, we look forward to another great season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's Trey Alexander. Had a wild summer and now is back for the Blue Jays in his third season and Yep, the expectations are going to be high once again behind Trey, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Baylor Scheim, and their leadership this year. We're super excited to see it. Thought we'd get a little basketball in the middle of the summer as we head into fall. All right, uh, that's it for me this weekend. I am Connor Happer on this week's 1620 The Jays podcast. We will send it back to John Bishop. John? Stay tuned. More of the 1620 The Jays podcast after this word. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back to the 1620 The Jays podcast. Our tour of the volleyball team continues this fall. And in fact, I think we can check off one box, and that is we've got roommates now who have already appeared on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Of course, a couple of weeks ago, Ellie Bolton was our guest. And now we have Ellie Bickelmeyer, who is Ellie Bolton's roommate, joining us here on the podcast. Ellie, thanks for coming on this afternoon. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. So big matches this past weekend beating Omaha. That team has really, I mean, they really fight you guys hard, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think going into it this past weekend, um, Booth really, um, I know just also from past seasons, Omaha comes out and gives it their best game every year. And I know last year they went to five. So I think um, going into the game, we really just wanted to make a statement and go in there and play Creighton volleyball. And I think we did a great job of doing that, which resulted in a solid win for us. Do you sense that there are times that they look at you the same way you guys might look at Nebraska? Um, I definitely think there's that some sort of like in-state and then I guess for UNO in-city rivalry. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think us being a ranked, highly ranked team, um, it's a great opportunity for them to go out and get a great win. So I think that's a pretty fair comparison. Um, and I think we've talked about this just with other teams as well. Um, just being as successful as the program has been these past years and going into this season, um, everyone is going to give it their best shot and they want to take us down. So UNO is no exception to that. And then, of course, Iowa State over the weekend, a really good program. How important was it to get a win? And I know you've got one already in the bag over Purdue this year, but how important was it, especially after Duke and and after Nebraska, that you go out and get another really good non-conference win against a, a great program? Yeah, I think that was something we talked about a lot. Um, like you just said, historically, Iowa State has been a great program, and they were actually undefeated up till us beating them yesterday. So we knew that they've done great things um, this preseason and then going into the rest of the um, season that they're going to continue to win um, against some great teams. So beating them would look great on our resume um, and really help us out when it kind of came down to the tournament um, towards the end of the year. We'll stick a pin in that for just a, and come back to it. But you talked about resume and we'll, I think you're going to have an interesting perspective. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but let's talk about you specifically. You, you transfer in from Rice where you've had all conference honors while you were there in Conference USA. Now you come to Creighton where you've done a little of both. You've started, you've come off the bench. Just talk about your experience here and what you were kind of expecting coming to Omaha and to Creighton and and off of the experiences you had down at Rice? Yeah, um, I was super excited to come to Omaha. Um, this was a program that I've known a lot about um, even since when I started in high school getting recruited. Um, Creighton was always something that was on my list. Um, so coming here, I knew this was a great program with a great coaching staff. And I don't think I mean, I knew it was a great team, but when I showed up, um, the depth of this team is just phenomenal. Um, I think Booth and all the coaches and my teammates agree that 
um, one person comes out, the next person goes in and there's not a worry in the world um, about performance. Um, so I think just coming here and the level of competition in the gym has been great. And with my experience at Rice, I think it's helped me um, teach the younger girls. And then also just my court awareness has um, helped me in my game. Um, I think going into my fifth year, which has been awesome. Has it been an adjustment for you having played more minutes initially at Rice and then coming here and maybe not playing as many, at least early on? Yeah, I think it's been a little bit of an adjustment, but I mean, I expected things that needed to be worked out when I got here anyways. I think that just getting used to a new system and a new setter um, was something I expected. So it hasn't been too bad of an adjustment and I'm looking forward to just keep doing what I need to do and whatever role I need to be in for this team. What have you been your impressions just in general? You know, like we said, you spent a lot of time down there within that program and now transferring and coming to this program. Just talk about, you know, how you were embraced initially and and just about the the climate and the culture that exists around Creighton. Yeah, I mean, I was, I think, very fortunate to uh, come to this program when we went on a foreign trip. Um, I got to do that with Rice and coming as a freshman and then kind of coming into a program where I'm new again, um, just being able to embrace the girls extremely quickly, being able to work with the coaches. Um, I think it was great to kind of be forced into proximity with everyone for the solid three weeks. Um, So I think I got to build these great relationships and kind of understand the system um, much quicker than I think I would have. We would have just been doing open gyms and some workouts over the summer. So everyone was great. And I feel like I kind of got thrown into it, which was the best case scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Did I mean, it forced you probably into a lot of things you mentioned, kind of maybe got you out of your comfort zone just a little bit. Do you think you would be, as comfortable or as far along within the program have it had it not been for that trip overseas? I think it would have taken a little longer just to get involved with like learning the systems and how they do things, which isn't that much different than how it was down at Rice. But I think being able to work with the coaches was like the biggest thing. Um, just because in open gyms, obviously we're running our own practices and we're doing what we want to do, but um, having their feedback and knowing what they're looking for was like extremely helpful knowing that going into the summer, um, which put me, I think, in a better position came preseason. Ellie Bickelmeyer joining us from the Creighton volleyball team, right side hitter. The Jays this weekend will be up in Minneapolis. There'll be two more matches, one against High Point, the other against another really good program in Minnesota. Do you like the fact that it, this is not like a slow ramp into the season. We mentioned already you played Purdue. Obviously, you had Duke. There's Nebraska. There was Iowa State. Now it's Minnesota. Is, is this is this exciting for you that you just jump right in versus maybe have three or four easier so-called matches before as the season starts? Yeah, I love it. Um, I love going up against a very competitive team, and I think – Especially this season, we had Purdue, which had a great environment. Obviously, Nebraska is notorious for their fan base. And Minnesota, is again, is another staple um, in NCAA volleyball with a great um, fan base. And we've been lucky to play all those teams at home. So I think 
being able to play these really highly ranked programs early on puts us in a great position um, in the postseason. I felt like at Rice, we did a very similar, uh, did it very similarly where we played um, several top 25 programs early on. And I think that really benefits you. It kind of battle tests you um, when it comes to the tournament, whether it be Big East or NCAAs. Um, so, and and that's what I wanted to get back to, Ellie, was was kind of the approach that you've seen the coaches and the programs take. You mentioned it, Rice, you kind of did the same thing because you realize, hey, we're not we're not from a so-called power conference. So we've got to go out and challenge ourselves early. Creighton has traditionally done it this way. How have you noticed? Is there a similarity? Is there a difference in the approach of the coaches and how they address those things with you, the players, about the importance of early season challenging yourself, how important these matches are and kind of thinking ahead, big picture to try to make the best case scenario for you to get to the tournament. Yeah, I think um, you kind of mentioned it. We're both not, we're neither of the schools were in power five conferences. And I think to kind of prove ourselves, um, in that top 25 with the ABCA coaches pulling everything, we kind of have to load our schedule up just because our conferences weren't as competitive as you would see in big 10, big 12, uh, pac 12. So both of their approaches were extremely similar. Um, we knew that both coaches know that's a very talented program and we can do amazing things. And um, in our conference, I don't think we have as many opportunities to showcase like against those top 25 teams. Um, so going out and performing well and winning some of these top 25 games in the non-conference is really important coming postseason in our rankings and whatnot. So both of them um, had very similar approaches. And I think that's also why part of the reason why I chose Creighton, um, I knew it was going to be a very similar um, atmosphere and kind of just um, with the coaching staff as well. I thought it would be a great transition into um, my next spot. So yeah, I think they both kind of had the same mentality um, when it comes to that, we sometimes hear from athletes in variety of different sports. Oh, I don't pay attention to the polls or I don't pay attention to what other teams are doing this, that, the other thing. What's your philosophy on that? Do you, do you find yourself kind of looking ahead and, and kind of plotting a course? Do you keep an eye on the polls or is that something you don't, you don't really care about? I think I'm kind of in between. Um, it's not something I focus on a ton. Obviously I love to keep up with um, what other teams are doing and kind of their performance. I think more so I focus on the teams that we've either beaten or lost. Um, so like Purdue, I know they played Kentucky the other day. We were kind of cheering them on because um, <laughs> obviously we beat them. So we want them to continue to do well. Um, so I'm not super focused. Obviously I want us to have a great ranking um, and whatnot, but I don't think it's something that I'm avidly scrolling through. Ellie, you mentioned earlier one of the reasons why you picked Creighton. How important was it to come to Creighton because that's where your parents went? Um, I think it was definitely one of the higher reasons why I wanted to come here. Um, I've obviously grown up around the school. My mom's whole side is from Omaha, so I've been coming up here multiple times a year since I was born. Um, again, it was a part of my recruiting journey back in high school. So it's always been a school that um, I've been attached to. Um, and then obviously my parents went here. So I think they were thrilled to finally get a kid to go to be <laughs> at Creighton too. Um, but yeah, I also, I think it just fit everything that I was looking for. Um, again, like I mentioned early on in my recruiting journey and then going into the transfer portal, 
um, it kind of fit everything. They were one of the first people I reached out to, too. So um, it's been great being able to be at my parents' alma mater and then just have the family around. So it's been awesome. Did mom and dad meet at Creighton or did they know each other before? They did meet at Creighton. I think I don't know the exact story, but it was sometime freshman year. And then, yeah, got married shortly after. So, yeah. And and, and by the way, for the for the listeners, uh, Ellie's dad, uh, John, played for Creighton baseball back in the in the early and mid 90s. So uh, there's also a history of athletics in the Bickle Myers and Creighton University. It's kind of coming full circle. I mean, you wouldn't be here today if it weren't for Creighton, would you? <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, he is pumped. I remember when I visited back in December, um, I think he was the scholar athlete for, I think, or I guess the highest honor you can get as a male athlete. And his name was up on the board and he just like had a heyday with it. Um, he had me take a picture in front of it, really emphasized his success here. So any um, pressure, any pressure on you to, to, to match that? I know you're, you're taking your, your business administration masters there. Yeah. Has he challenged you to get your name on the wall too? Um, a little bit. I made the joke with him that I have my masters and he does not. So I think that, that's the running joke. Um, I'll try to get that award, but I know there's a very smart team, smart girls on the team as well. So, and I believe that's the Reiner award, correct? Correct. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, Ellie Bicklemeyer joining us here on the 1620, the Jays podcast. Let's talk about you and kind of your, your individual goals for the rest of the season. That right side position hasn't been totally nailed down. Do you anticipate, I mean, is that your goal to be that be that number one option as we get into Big East play? Yeah, um, obviously, I think that anyone in my position would want that. Um, So I think we're going to keep working at it. I know uh, just like playing different teams, Booth is also just trying to move different people around and just trying to find the right fit. So obviously, it'd be great to be that number one starting spot. Um, But if it works out for someone else, then obviously, I'm going to be fine with that role on the bench as well and going in whenever I need it. Um, So yeah, it'd be great to start. But um, ultimately, I want to do what's best for the team. So well, Ellie Bicklemeyer, who uh, just transferred in this season, uh, getting a chance to play with Creighton Volleyball, off to a great start. Ellie, I, I know there's a lot of great challenges up ahead. Obviously, Marquette is looming on the horizon as well. And I know you guys are super motivated to play them. And I know you, you've you had enough success at Rice. It, you know, bringing that winning experience always helps when you come into a new program, doesn't it? Yeah. So I'm super excited. Um it's kind of crazy how we're going on to our fourth week already, how fast the season's already going by, but um, conference play is coming up soon after this next weekend. So I'm excited to get into that. Ellie, good luck uh, this weekend up in Minneapolis. Go get another big non-conference win and then uh, good luck the rest of the season. We really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking to you. Last weekend for Soctoberfest, the Creighton men's soccer team picked up its first victory of the season, a 3-1 decision over the Michigan Wolverines. Unfortunately, the Jays were unable to back that up, dropping a match at Kansas City 2-1. Big East play begins tonight at 7.30 or Friday night, if you're listening on another day, against the Marquette Golden Eagles. And then we'll continue on a road trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma on Tuesday night. One of Creighton's stars this season is midfielder Dominic Briggs. Here's Josh Peterson. 
John, thank you so much. We welcome onto the pod this week from the men's soccer program. It is a graduate senior, Dominic Briggs out of Wisconsin. Dominic, thank you so much for taking some time for us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. So such a good time to talk to you, I think, given your, uh, that you're a longtime member of the program. Obviously, the, the season hasn't gotten off to the start that you and your teammates wanted. I'm curious about a leadership role and kind of how you take that upon yourself, given that you have a lot of seasons, you have the ups and downs. How has that been for you in the in the early part of 2023? Yeah. So as you said, I've been here for quite a while now and uh, we're just starting to play this new system that we started last year and saw that actually was very beneficial for us led the nation in goals scored and everything like that so uh from a leadership perspective um i just try to help my guys as much as i can try to acclimate them as quick as possible and uh yeah i mean not the way we wanted to start off the season of course but uh it's learning points from from those games and stuff which is uh i guess important as well so it just it helps to have those games, but also teach these guys like, okay, this is how we want to play, and if everyone buys and do what we do, then we'll get the, we'll get those results. Is it something where you can like lean back on last year because as great of a start as it was, and obviously what happened at the end, the middle was was a little inconsistent, right? There were some wins, some losses in there. Like that, you have something that you can look back on from a season ago and say, hey, we we've been through some struggles. We know that we can come out of it on the other side. No, yeah, and and that's exactly it. And uh, we had a talk with our guys after uh, we had this not the start we wanted this season. We said, "Hey, uh, not the point, not to bring the last team." Uh, talking about them, the last team we had last year, but I mean, we're a different team this year. We got a couple new guys on uh, who can fill those roles that some of the guys that we uh, see go off and do other things, but. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, we actually talked about it. Is that, hey, we've been been through this before. We won like seven, nine games straight last year, and uh, that actually helped us, um, I guess, win the conference tournament as well. So we did talk about it, and we just said, like, you know what? We just got to put everything we have together, stay together, stay together as a group, and uh, we'll get those wins. We just got to stay stay focused. Tell me about your teammates this year. It's it's such an interesting blend because, you know, for, for those who've been following the program, there's a lot of familiar faces from a year ago, from a great program, from a great team, and there's some new guys as well. It seems like a good balance. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we, we missed – I mean, we had a great team last year, and we had a lot of guys who are filling some great important roles this year. Uh, got to talk about Omar Ramadan in the middle for us, Lucio. Uh, I mean, we got um, – uh, Miguel Aria on the left now for us and it just it, it helps having those guys come in and fill those roles that like we missed like Charles Callum and Paul Cruz back and go now we got Nathan Schnur and Blake Gillen- Gillingham who are filling those uh, spots as well so um, it's just like I say helping them get acclimated as much as possible and uh, and hopefully that they can help us win some games. Absolutely. Let's go back to the beginning of your journey with the Blue Jays. You're from Wisconsin, as I mentioned in the outset. What was it in the recruiting process that ultimately drew you to to Omaha and and being a Creighton Blue Jay? Yeah, so uh, in high school, I had uh, many offers to different Division I schools. And uh, when I came here to visit, uh, it was it just felt like home medium Johnny and at that time Omar Bolovich was my coach. <laughs> People would think this is a long time ago because probably was I've been here for like what five this is my sixth fall semester. The COVID here. eligibility. 
<laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, so things are much different then. But, yeah, uh, my club coach actually uh, played with Johnny Torres. My club coach, Troy Dazowski, he played on the wave with uh, Johnny. So that's how they got a connection. Johnny came to watch me play at a showcase, and uh, he liked what he saw. So he offered me a spot on the team. I, you know, I, I love running. I talked to a lot of runners and I, I've asked them about the COVID year, you know, college athletes during the COVID year. And for runners, I always hear this like, yeah, it was cool. You know, I just ran a lot and didn't have to really worry about anything different for you as a, as a soccer player, given the nature of a team sport. What was it like going through that? All the confusion, wondering, are there going to be games? Are there going to be practices? Talk me through 2020 as ultimately that turned into a spring season in 2021. Yeah, so I mean, when all that was happening, it was like, okay, what's going on? Like, all of a sudden, you got this COVID virus, and like, uh, there were talks of like not having a season and all that stuff. And so, finally, I, we heard that there was no fall season or whatever, and we had to take some time off and stuff. So, and during that time, I mean, I, personally, I was—I'm sure some guys would say the same, but I was just focused on getting better and just make sure I'm staying fit as much as possible, getting a lot of touches on the ball. And uh, and then it comes the spring season, where it's like pretty much a free season. So I mean, all that was to figure out, okay, how we, how do we want to play? Like all the, all these different like things, like improvements and everything. So uh, for me, it was just about getting better and make sure that I'm on the top of my game. Absolutely. Uh, last one before we let you go. When this drops, it will be, I mean, hours away from a matchup versus Marquette, the first Big East Conference matchup of the season. A couple more non-conference matchups uh, into early October, and then it's all Big East. Uh, how, how exciting is it for you to, to get back into Big East play? Man, I, I, I'm, ex I'm so excited. I mean, it was nice having these non-conference games, and unfortunately we didn't win as much as we wanted to, of course, but uh, of course, like I said, it's like, it's a learning process for those games and stuff, learning what we can work on and all that other stuff. So, uh, I mean, I'm so excited now that we're getting back in the conference play and starting to get back in that rhythm. And it's pretty much a new season for us. We like to say it. So it's, I'm, I'm very excited. Absolutely. Everyone zero and zero in conference play. Dominic Briggs, senior uh, with the Creighton Blue Jays, joining us today on the podcast. Dominic, great conversation. Thanks again for taking the time. Of course. Thank you for having me. John, back to you. All right, let's take a look at what's ahead in Creighton Athletics on Friday. Men's tennis will be at the Drake Invitational while the women's soccer team plays host to South Dakota State. Match time, 5 o'clock at Morrison Stadium. Volleyball up in Minneapolis for the Diet Coke Classic. First match against High Point will be at 5 o'clock. That will be available, by the way, on BTN Plus if you happen to have a subscription. And then the men's soccer team will host Marquette 7.30 match time over at Morrison Stadium. A very busy Saturday as men's tennis continues at Drake. Men's and women's cross country will be in Lincoln for the Greeno Dirksen Invitational. The rowing team will be hosting Kansas State. Softball is into its fall season. They are taking on Des Moines Area Community College at 1 o'clock. And the volleyball team takes on number 9 Minnesota up in Minneapolis. Match time is at 4.30. Again, that match will be available on BTN+. Then on Sunday, men's tennis finishes up at the Drake Invitational. The men's golf team will be in Manhattan, Kansas at the Wildcat Invitational. Then women's golf will have a busy week. They will be in Columbia, Missouri starting on Monday uh, in a tournament hosted by the University of Missouri. 
Well, that'll do it for this week's 1620 The Jays podcast. I want to thank Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, and of course, our great guests this week, Trey Alexander, Ellie Bicklemeyer, and Dominic Briggs. We'll be back next week with an all-new 1620 The Jays podcast, a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back, and this week we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Everybody.